Welcome to the Ferris Love Podcast, where we share spiritual and practical ideas for how to live family life with a beautiful, self-sacrificing love. Today, we're talking with Pilar Carantia, Houston-based life coach and psychologist. Welcome, Pilar. Thank you for having me, Katie, again. Yeah, we're excited. And if you haven't heard Pilar's first episode on the Ferris Love Podcast, please be sure to go back and listen to season two, episode 19, in which she talked about forming the will of your children. It's one of our most popular episodes. So we're excited to bring her back for a round two today. And I think we're going to talk about parental authority today, right? So kind of a big topic, one right. that a lot of parents are interested in. Um, so why don't you dive in and just start with like, what is parental authority when parents are thinking about that? Like, what is it? What isn't it? And then we'll go from there. Great. So I think that before uh, delving into the, the, yeah. what authority is, I, I think I will refer to the two extreme that uh, we can easily as parents fall into. I would say that the first one is a uh, permissiveness, right? Mm. Sometimes we as parents are afraid uh, to say no to our children when they ask for the latest, you know, Yeti cap or iPhone or Nike shoes. So um, in fact, many of us fear, um, mm. you know, have a fear of disciplining, I would say. Sure. So uh, because either either they, they themselves have suffered the negative consequences that uh, come from imposing things to, on children Mm-hmm. or because uh, we are afraid that our kids wouldn't love us anymore or because you know we are afraid to lose the peace at home usually dads want more peace you know and they are mm-hmm. uh, you know i would say it's a generalization of, of course but you know they they don't want to you know interrupt the peace that we have at home so they will you know kind of go with with whatever the kids ask and then also because when you know um we are afraid that our children will reject something that is good it's in itself. So we adopt kind of a permissive attitude, right? Mm. So, and then the other extreme is the um, one that we know very well, which is authoritarianism. Um, and it is characterized by the expression, you know, you say uh, you do this because I said so, right? Mm-hmm. So, and this is when orders are given in, in benefit of oneself, without an educational goal in itself, right? Mm-hmm. We want to kind of impose our, our will on, on, on the other. Uh, so we are ma- we make sure that we are, are obeyed at any cost. Mm-hmm. So um, so those are the, the two extremes. So that is what authority is not, okay? Right. So um, I like to follow David Isaacs, which is a British uh, educator that, you know, he's old now at this point, mm-hmm. but... I think he has a great definition, and he says that um, that we understand that a person has authority when he or she protects and defends a set of values with competence. Hmm. So he has authority over me if I appreciate those same values and recognize his or his competence on that subject. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if, for example, if we choose the the value of health, you know, we go to a doctor that has studied medicine, so because he you know, defends the the value health with competence and he's an Mm -hmm. authority um, for me in this area. We wouldn't go to a mechanic or or a banker who knows a little bit of medicine and ask him for for a diagnosis, right? So we go to a person that, you know, defends, you know, um, some uh, and protects a set of values with competence. So the authority that we have with our children lies precisely in the values that we protect and defend with competence. Mm-hmm. So first we have to reflect what are the values that we uphold 
mm. you know, as, as a family, as, you know, as a mother, as a person, and we are effectively living. And also if our actions, our decisions are in accord with, with that, with those values and with that end that we have set for us and for our family, right? Mm -hmm. So with competence means that we have to live out those values. We have to model those values. So if we live generosity, understanding, for example, and sincerity, we have authority with our children and we guide them in this direction. Mm -hmm. But if we lie, you know, and our kids pick up our lie immediately, sure. then we will not have authority to tell them, you have to say the truth always, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to, you know, model that. So, um, you know, the example in everything is key that we set the good example. An example, I always like to clarify that it is not perfection. Right. It is always, you know, um, that they, our kids have to see us struggling to become better persons ourselves. Sure. Uh, and progress is always better than perfection. I like to say that. Mm -hmm. um, show our kids that we are human and that we struggle and that we make mistakes. So, you know, it's, it's important that we try to model those, uh, you know, values that we defend with competence, even though we are not perfect. Sure. Okay. So that's not a, an excuse. Mm -hmm. So um, David Isaac says that, you know, to, to educate is this process of guiding toward an, uh, our kids towards an authorship. Mm. Okay? And that is that our children themselves become capable of protecting and defending some values with competence. This mm -hmm. is key. You know, we as parents, what we have to do is um, we have to... Uh, help our kids to grow, you know, to develop. Because in fact, the word um, authority etymologically um, comes from the Latin verb augere, which means to make grow or to develop. So we as parents, you know, um, are like the rod or the picket placed by a newly planted tree, for example, that helps them grow straight. Sure. Um, we are, you know, we are that that key component. So if we want our kids to, you know, to grow up, you know, as happy and mm -hmm. and uh, independent and you know mature adults, we want we need to, you know, be those rock, uh, rods or picket that we are plant mm -hmm. ourselves, you know, beside them and guide them, you know, with our with our things. So, um, you know, we are we have we are the support that our kids need so that they uh, learn to support themselves better mm -hmm. okay, when they are little. And then we we start distancing ourselves from our children so that they be, may become independent and responsible adults, okay? Mm -hmm. So we have to realize that our kids uh, need and look for clear norms and models in us, their parents. You know, we're right. not indifferent to them. So that's why we are there, okay? We have to give clear norms and criteria mm -hmm. uh, and model that. Yeah. So um, the, the modeling of the behavior is important. And I usually li like to refer to five areas that, mm -hmm. that we have to, you know, pay attention. You know, the area of health. So like exercising and eating and sleeping, sure. those, those habits, those are the values that we are defending with competence. Mm -hmm. Then in the area of the home environment or family life, 
you know, that is cleaning ourselves after ourselves, making the bed, chores. Sure. Then the area of faith, because whether you're a Christian, a Jewish, a Buddhist, you know, we are engaging a higher power. That is an area that we have to, you know, uh, model too, right? Mm-hmm. And then the area of finances, how how, mm-hmm. how we spend our money, if we save, if we give, you know, th- those those kind of values. And then the last area is the, the area of work. And mm. in the case of our children, their study, right? Sure. So um, our kids do what we do. So we have to take an honest look at our behavior to see our kids, to see what our kids are truly witnessing mm-hmm. and whether that lines up with um, what we are asking them. Sure. So, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So basically. I feel like those five areas are, are really good for people to just kind of like take a step back and almost do like a little examination of conscience on those mm-hmm. five areas and think like, okay, how am I? modeling good behavior to my children on finances or on faith or whatever. Right. And kind of mm-hmm, really diving right. into that. Mm-hmm. So, so the five areas are health, home environment or family life, faith, finances, and, and work or study. Mm-hmm. Just That's to great. recap. So if anybody's taking notes, they can, Perfect. they can get those. Yeah. So I think it's important that the, the kids, you know, um, we, we realize that we are exercising um, authority as a service our mm-hmm. children we struggle to become better persons ourselves we protect and defend certain values we help them grow in virtue and we guide them towards an author's authorship mm-hmm. that is that our children become capable and of protecting and defending some values with competence themselves mm-hmm. okay and we we exercise authority precisely because we love our children mm. Sometimes people don't think about that, but we do them, we do, we exercise authority because we love them. And, you know, our experience, our, you know, old age, um, we know more than our kids. Okay. So we do it because we, we, we love them. We Mm -hmm. we exercise authority because we love them and they need to feel loved. Um, They need to feel that uh, we're interested in his or her things, that we spend time with, with them, that we talk with them. Um, you know, compliment them, give them hugs, and but you know we know that love is a powerful bo- uh, bond. So mm-hmm. then everyone finds it easier to obey someone mm. that they love and admire, right. right? So that bond, that love, that um, you know creates um, you know a, a trust between you know the parents and and their their each one of their children. Um, it's key, you know. Right. So. I would say that those those that that is an important thing, you know, love that you know you know traduces itself, you know, and and builds the trust between each one. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious if you have um, like suggestions for how do you like establish your parental authority besides like giving good example and loving your kids. Are there other things that parents can do when they're feeling like mm, I feel like I don't have much parental authority right now in my in my household, right, or with my children? Great. Yes, I am a very practical person, so I always like to to talk about these practi- practical issues that the, the parents can, you know, put into practice. So, but first, I think, you know, the habit or the virtue, the key human virtue that is related to authority is obedience. So mm-hmm. we do want our kids to obey, right? So, and it's prime time to develop this virtue is um, seven years old. It doesn't mean that you cannot do it, you know, later. You can, of course, but it's at seven, up to seven is when 
when you know, it's a prime time. It's mm -hmm. the best time that the kids are more kind of open and their bodies are more open to, you know, their their mind is more open to to you know acquiring this virtue. I would say. Mm -hmm. So what is to obey, you know, to obey is to make our own, the suggestions, you know, the orders that come from somebody in authority. Mm -hmm. And when this habit doesn't exist, it is very difficult to exercise authority, you know, so we, we know that we have experienced that many times. Mm -hmm. So, um, but it's very easy to exercise authority when, when this exists. So um, I would say that uh, when, when one, um, you know, what likes wants to foster obedience with okay, how can I do it? So first, of course, what I said earlier with the example, okay, uh, and then the second point um, that is very good also to have in mind is that when we order something, we have to have the confidence that we are going to be obeyed. Mm. Sometimes we ask things as like asking yeah. for permission and, mm. you know, almost forgiveness, even for asking right. for something, right? So, because, but if you are confident that um, you are going to be obeyed, you know, you speak differently. Mm -hmm. you, you, ex, you know, you say the things as you mean them, right. okay? So um, this confidence is transmitted to our children. They feel it, you know, when we are giving an order, so to speak. So, mm -hmm. um, and, and if we're unsure, you know, this doesn't, doesn't go through. So, you know, the, the example, then, you know, uh, the fact that we have to uh, be confident, mm -hmm. you know, that we are going to be obeyed when we're giving an order. Sure. And also the third aspect is to uh, convey to our children that to obey is good in itself, mm. that we love them and that we, de what demand is good for them. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's not because we want their unhappiness that we're asking that. We have more experience and, and you know, we ask uh, we ask them to do something because we know it's, it's good for them, okay? Mm -hmm. And to obey is good in itself. But some practical points, um, I would say the first one that comes to mind always is to obey, have the kids when it, obey in small and simple things. Mm, okay. When they are young, you have to kind of start to demand obedience with authority in small and simple things, and then move to more important things. Sure. Small small things is you know little things is always uh, it always comes up in every in every I think it's one of the big parenting ideas that I always like to share with, with mm -hmm. people. Start with small things. Um, so when they are young, you know they have to clean up theirs after themselves. They have to make the bed. They make the chores. You know. Mm -hmm. So, but, but it's not a question of giving them things to do, but rather helping them see that their contribution, for example, to the care of the home and, and each other is important and irreplaceable. And as they will learn to obey. So, um, you know, if, if they, you know, they cling after themselves, they are, they're contributing to, to the, the entire home. And if, you know, then they see when the other one, you know, is not picking after themselves. So, well, you know, I have to do it for you. And, you know, it looks that, you know, mom has friends over and, the, you know, it, it doesn't look good. Sure. So, um, so try to help the little kids, you know, uh, obey small and simple things. A second point I would say is that you have to be demanding in few, but important things. 
mm. and repeat them. Okay, that is what uh, David Isaac uh, suggested that um, we have to demand a great deal in few important things. We tend to do the opposite, demand mm. very little in many things. Clean the room, take the shower, answer the phone, feed the dog. You know, <laughs> why is this here? Put this away. You know, we enter into yeah. a rant of things and, you know, we, you know, our kids, you know, they disconnect immediately. Yep. Okay. So we have to be um, demanding in few but important things mm -hmm. and repeat them also. Some some mm -hmm. things that are important, we have to repeat them in, in different ways. But I think we have to not be afraid of insisting um, mm. Some of the things, okay, um, because uh, when there there is a good family life and, and strong relationships in our in our family between the parents and, and and the children, you know those demands are not felt as such. They are you know friendly demands uh, instead of saying okay I'm holding positions. This is what we do here. You know when things flow when when you have a good relationship with sure. with with your kids, okay. And then I would say the third point would be to recognize their good action to reinforce mm. their behavior, right? And when they do something and then he obeys, you know, right away, we have to recognize this. Oh, awesome. Thank you for doing that. You know, mm -hmm. thank you for, you know, doing what I said right away. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and then this is my favorite one, although I never, I had never did it very well. I have to say, which is do not shout when giving an order. Okay, oh, mm -hmm. I don't know. Some moms do not shout, but um, I uh, I tend to shout. But <laughs> the need to, to shout to repeat the order is a clear sign of, of, of a lack of authority and sometimes lack of self-control, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the same thing that the, the kids, you know, if we tell them many things at the same time, the same thing is that, you know, if we sh shout at them, you know, different orders, um you know they they will not be used to they will be get, get used to the shouting mm -hmm. you know i am um, i like to tell this you know anecdote of my, my my oldest son when he was um, in school i think he was in middle school he, the one of the teachers uh, was asking him about you know the teachers and he said oh this teacher oh mom she shouts a lot she yells all the time and 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 he says, well, yeah, many kids, you know, don't like her because she does that. And, you know, they, they you know, they, they, they get up, they get offended. And I said, and what about you? And he says, no, mom, I'm used to that <laughs> <laughs> because of me, you know. Yeah. So um, that is a clear example how not perfect I am. OK, yep. so um, anyway, so I thought, um, you know, it's it's important to not shout. Um, and some of the things you know, it's sometimes we shout because they are in another room, but that, it may not be as effective, okay? Mm -hmm. So when we give an order, um, it is important to have them in front of you mm -hmm. and look at them in the eyes. And we have to give a clear and precise order. You know, do it now and then check if it was done. Mm -hmm. um, and then I would say that for the, the, the last point is... Um, how the orders they have to be uh, clear, personal, and accompanied by an explanation. Mm. So it is important to be to uh, for for us to be clear, and in in what we're asking or expect from them. For example, if we say to a four year old, "Please go to see if my glasses are on the desk," and they come back and say, "Yes, ma'am, they are there." 
you know, but he doesn't bring the glasses. We, <laughs> we can ask him patiently, why didn't you bring them? You know, this shows that our order wasn't clear. We should say, please go and see if my glasses are there on the desk and bring them to me. Mm, sure. And we have to be clear. Sometimes it might have been a silly example, but you know, sometimes we are not clear, so our kids do not understand. And then we know that an order has to be personal. When giving an order, we don't have to just yell it all over the place, hoping that someone would get that door. No, we have to ask individually by their name. Peter, please answer the door. Mm. Uh, John, take out the trash. Okay, mm -hmm. Mary, um, get your daughter, your you, um, you know, your sister out of the crib. Mm -hmm. We have to be, you know, um, personal. Okay, not just hoping that somebody would do what we are, what I'm yelling. Okay, sure. and lastly, we have to accompany it with accompany what we're asking with a, an explanation. When mm. kids are younger, we have to demand that they do what we ask them. We make them do. But when kids are older, it is important to explain the meaning or why we're asking this or that from them so that, you know, we kind of enlighten their intelligence um, so that they will, you know, want to obey. Okay. Sure. But um, regarding this, and, and I think it's important um, and it's related to, to the freedom, we have to give some freedom to our kids, right? But um, we don't have to ask or give choices where there is no choice. Mm. Okay. Um, sometimes we ask them, uh, do you want to eat your vegetables or uh, is it time for bed or do you want to put on your jacket? But sometimes, you know, we shouldn't be surprised if our kids say, no, I don't want to eat my vegetables. No, right. I don't want to put my jacket. No, I mean, they, if we ask them, they're going to, you know, respond. So we don't have to ask or give choices where there is no choice. Instead, say, OK, we're going to eat this, you know, a green bean. Um, you know, you can be creative in the way you say it, but you you have to, you know, uh, just kind of ask them to do, you know, what what they have to do because um, they are just kids, and our life experience, uh, you know, is is longer than theirs. Sure. So we know what is best, what is the best choice for them. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, but when they're older, you know, you can always ask them and it's important to have their input in some of the things. And sometimes we may order something or say something that then we say, you know what, I made a mistake. I, you know, let's, let's change. I, sure. I, um, I changed my mind. I think it, that is not a good, what I ask of you. So, so sure. there's when we, you have that kind of that dialogue. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's great. So, yeah. So basically those are the, the, the tips that I had for you. Nice. I love it. I wonder if you have any advice for, you know, parents as they're listening to this. And earlier on, we were talking about kind of the two extremes. You're a very permissive parent, maybe, or you're a very like authoritarian parent. Do you have any tips for parents if they're on either of the extremes? Like, let's say they're just really permissive and they're just having a really hard time, like saying no to their kids, asking their kids to do things like what, what are some things that they can do to kind of start inching towards having more of this parental authority if you're very permissive? Mm -hmm. So um, some people are permissive because of the reasons that I explained before, and sometimes right. they don't. They don't have that. Um, Doctor Ray Warendi says that you have to have that kind of meanness within you. Okay, <laughs> sure. uh, so maybe you don't have that personality, but you have to kind of work at it mm. to 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 realize. Okay, this is. I, I love my children and this is the best that, that, that I want the best for them. Mm. 
-hmm. So, you know, they have, you, you know, you have to say, okay, do I have a permissive attitude? Okay, why, you know, mm -hmm. why and how I can change it? Is it because, you know, uh, the reason I explained the reasons I had explained before, because they have been so authoritarian with me that I don't want to, you know, sure. be an authoritarian. Mm -hmm. But you know, as I said, there's a there's a there's a medium mm -hmm. in, in between to the two extremes. Sure. So I would say that that um, if you are permissive, you have to re first realize that you are doing a disservice to your children. Mm -hmm. uh, see if your kids are entitled. You know, you know, nobody likes to be around entitled, you know, brats, right? Yeah. So um you have to see how your kids are turning, mm. you know, are what are their their what is their behavior? And maybe sure. that makes you change and say, you know what, this is not the goal that I have for them or for my family. If I mm. want them to become um, you know, happy and mature adults, this is not the way. This mm -hmm. is not the way. So you have to, I have to change. You have to realize that I have to change. So what can I do? Well, start doing some of the things that I, that I, that I've been mentioning. Mm -hmm. And um, if you don't have that meanness within you, you have to kind of develop it in a yeah. way, because um, I mean, and, and, and being mean doesn't mean that you have to, you know, spank or yell or, sure. or, but, but just realize, you know, kind of stand up and say, you know what, I, this is what I say. And, mm -hmm. and and see, try it once and see the effect it has. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, you will see that, that it, it, it will have a good effect. Sure. So the, so that will encourage you to say, okay, well, I didn't, you know, oh, I, oh I'm always, you know, bragging my kids or, you know, uh, or, or doing everything myself because right. I, I don't know how to ask. But then when you ask and they do it, well, you know, it's like, okay, well, this is not so difficult or so bad, right? Sure. Yeah. So I would say that that is one of the things that you can start doing. Sure. And what about on the other side? If you're like a very authoritarian parent and you're like, do this, this is the only way you must do it this way, all the things, like how do you kind of pull back a little bit from that as well? I think that here you have to realize, um, you know, what are the, the different degrees of obedience? Mm. Right? Because the, the first one is like the, the is the simple external compliance. Sure. Okay. Um, and your kids, you know, if you are an authoritarian, they may be doing that because they, yeah. you know, they're afraid of you, mm -hmm. that you will lose it, that you will, you know, spank them, that you will, you know, yell yeah. at them. And so, so you don't want that. Okay. So if you're an authoritarian and you have to reflect do I want my kids to 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 do as I say because I because I want them to comply and then when I am not there, they do whatever they want when mm -hmm. they go to college yeah. because I am not there. Or um, the second level of obedience can be uh, like internal, okay, mm -hmm. the submission of the will. Just sure. I do it, but this is you know in in a way is similar to the other one. Because um, because they are not doing it because they want to. Mm. They are just doing it because you know they are afraid and 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 so we don't want to to remain in those two right. uh, levels because when when you are an authoritarian you may have authority feel that you have authority because the, your kids are are yeah. doing what you want they are complying and they are you know submissive submissive kids. Sure. 
but you want them to uh, get to a, a virtuous obedience. Mm. Where is that, uh, you know, you accept as one, as your own, the decisions uh, which come from whoever holds the, the, and exercises the authority, okay? So you make them your own, and that is ultimately what you want. Right. That the kids do it because they want to, okay? Uh, because they realize that they have to do this um, because it's good for them, you know, and they have internalized it, mm -hmm. okay? Because I see, what I see a lot is that when, when kids go to college and maybe they have gone to wonderful schools, you know, mm -hmm. Catholic schools and, you know, get a lot of um, human formation, you know, religious formation, sure. but then they they go to college yep. and they completely lose it. I mm -hmm. mean, it's really sad. I, I have kids in, you know, that graduated from college and are in college and they tell me, I say, oh, what about this girl? And she says, no, she had to leave, mom. She was involved in drugs and alcohol, I mean, yeah. and, and drinking. So it's like not an uncommon thing. So you don't want that to happen to your child. Right. So, um, so you might wanna, you might wanna, uh, reflect okay if, if i'm a permissive dad or mom or, or or i tend to be more authoritarian because you know i like to be in control okay is this conducive to what i want to my kids my my, my children to to become you know sure. as young adults sure absolutely so i would say that yeah i think it's so interesting that you know this kind of the in-between between being permissive and authoritarian is basically this idea of like really forming the freedom of your children really well so that they like you're helping you're telling them what to do you're kind of guiding them along the way so that they have that like totally internalized and they can then go off and make really good free choices in that sense but if we're one way or the other we're, we're kind of malforming their freedom in a, in a certain mm -hmm. sense right so and usually i have to say that we we are not um we usually you know, we have more of a tendency to be permiss permissive, but or more of a tendency to be an authoritarian, or maybe we do do it just right. But it's not all the time that we are permissive or authoritarian. You know, we might have we we may be authoritarian in some things and not all the time. So it kind of fluctuates. But it's how important it is to to you know respect their freedom. Which that doesn't mean that you have to allow them to do whatever they want. Because as I said, we have to be when especially when they are you know, they are young and, you know, going into the teenage years, we want to be, you know, their, their pickets. Okay. Right. We want to be those rods that are, you know, growing with them. Okay. Showing them the path so that they grow up straight. So I think that image is important to keep in mind is like, are we going in that direction or not? I love it. Um, this was excellent, Pilar. Thank you so much for this conversation. No, you're welcome. Ooh. Anything else you want to add before we sign off? You're up? welcome. Uh, no, I think I think that's about it. I think that's about it. Um, I have everything I had to share. Um, you know, I hope uh, people find it useful. I'm sure they will. This was great. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ferris Love Podcast. If you enjoyed it, there are a few quick things you could do to support us. Share this episode with a friend, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, or visit us at ferrisloveshrine.org.